Would you clap your hands one more time and just give the Lord some praise here tonight? Praise God. Children, you can be dismissed. Did I say it right? Amen. If you consider yourself a child, you can be dismissed. That might be dangerous for us all. Amen. It's good to be here on this Tuesday night. It's good to feel the presence of the Lord. What a great spirit of liberty here tonight. Anybody feel that? Praise God. What a great. Go ahead. Clap your hands. Just give him some great praise. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, it's been a privilege to be here and am looking forward to uh, being back with you. Um, appreciate what the Lord is doing for you. Sent your pastor a text today and I told him I'm excited about what God is doing for y'all. Amen. Great things are happening in this church. Great things are happening, tremendous things, amen, and uh, it has been my pleasure to be here. Uh, we started Revival a year or so ago in Alaska and was there about four and a half months last summer until the snow got too deep, and uh, so <laughs> literally, uh, and the flights quit going in, or at least affordable flights, and so we're going to go back and ask that you would pray for us, that God would use us. Uh, to finish whatever needs to be done there and for that church to have a unprecedented spirit. Breakthrough, revival, growth. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. And he's the father of lies. Truth is not in him. Amen. And uh, But desire your prayer here. It's good to be in service, Brother Keller. Amen. Always a privilege. I think this is one of my first time ever being in an actual service with him. But his fame is like the fame of Solomon far and wide. And uh, if he can help y'all with organization, please, we're just a few miles down the road. Amen. Amen. It's good to see him. Can we just uh, kind of follow the Lord here just a little while tonight? Amen. I do not feel, and this is going to sound so presumptuous, but I, I guess I can just live with it if you think that. But I do not feel that my job is done here, and I, I almost called Brother Blackshear and told him that I could not come, uh, but did not get released to do that, so I'm just going to do what I feel in hopes that we can finish sometime in the near future. Um, I, think, I think there has been a course charted, and if we're obedient to it, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of a great thing, not an average thing, not a normal thing, but a great thing. Anybody just feel that churning? The book of Genesis chapter 11, if you would go there with me. Book of Genesis chapter 11, and then we are going to make our way to the book of Joshua chapter 7. Um, Genesis chapter 11, tremendous story, unique event. Genesis 11, verse number 1, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us, would you say let us? Make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. Verse number four, And they said, Go to, let us, would you say us? Build us, you, there you go, a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let make 
a name that lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let go down, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all of the earth. I want to preach, teach, whatever, whatever you decide it was when we're done here tonight on a simple uh, thought. But I'm going to talk to you tonight about the power of one, the power of one. Lord, I love you tonight, so thankful for your blessings and your goodness. I feel tremendous liberty in this place tonight, God. Freedom is here, freedom of worship and expression of worship. Now, I pray, God, for an anointing to flow and run like a river through this place. Mm. Hallelujah. You are God, and there's no God like you. Speak boldly in this place tonight, God. Speak directly to us. In the name that is above every name, would you clap your hands and just give the Lord some praise while you're being seated? <laughs> praise God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I do not come tonight to be offensive in my presentation. And if you're a guest and visitor here and you may not understand some of the comments or the boldness of which they're made, please don't judge us too harshly. But I want to be very clear in my understanding, in my presentation on the outset, I am thankful of the oneness of the church. I am thankful that there is no confusion in my mind over who and what I serve. Uh, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3 does not confound me, nor does it bother me. It does not confuse me. The plurality of us there is not a big deal to me. Because I understand to wit God was in Christ. And I understand that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, I, I, we, we, we know that. We comprehend that. Not because just the Scripture teaches us. But because of something that transpired to us and with us when we were born of that Spirit. That Spirit affirming. That Spirit making sure us alive. Are you with me tonight? And so I am so thankful tonight that I preach a one God message. I do believe in the Father, I do believe in the Son, and I do believe in the Holy Ghost. I also believe in the way, the light, the lily, and the rose of Sharon. I also believe in the way, the truth. I also believe in the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the first, the last, the one that is, was, and will be. But I do not believe all of those are names of his. I just believe that that's what he is, what he does, what he can do, what he shall do, what he has been, what he always will be. 
but we celebrate the fact that Jesus is his name. That wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I am glad tonight to preach a one God message. I'm glad to be preaching to one God people. There is nothing like the power of oneness. There is nothing as authoritative as the message of the one and mighty and true God. That's why our enemy works overtime trying to confuse the world on the plurality of gods, trying to dismay us, trying to disillusion us, to get us sidetracked. But there is no power but that of God's power. There is no saving doctrine but that of the doctrine of Jesus' name. Help me preach just a minute here. And I'm, I'm glad we've got that. I'm glad we understand that. I'm glad we're not confused. When we say, lift your hands and repent of your sins, you don't have to pray to us. You don't have to pray through us. You don't have to pray like us. But you do have to repent of your sins. We're just deflecting to Christ. We're just telling you that everything that you do in word or deed, you must do all in the name. Come on, old-fashioned Holy Ghost folk. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the privilege of being apostolic in the oneness of our doctrine. I'm thankful that we still baptize into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that there's healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad there's still salvation and healing and direction. I'm glad there's still blessings and provisions in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me preach just a minute. Don't ever, 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 ever forget how awesomely glorious it is to be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You feel that moving through here? That's because you know who you worship. You know what you worship. You're not just clapping your hands to clap your hands, but you are identifying to what God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. That's what makes us who we are. Go ahead, let's just rejoice a minute over the mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in him. We're in no hurry to get there tonight. Let's just celebrate who Jesus is for a few minutes. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. Hallelujah. There is nothing like the power that comes in the oneness of that revelation. That's why it was so important to Jesus in Matthew 16 for Peter and or one of the disciples to get it right. For he knew and understood that until that great revelation had dawned on them, that there would be no authority, there would be no power to bind and or to loose until they understood, Philip, you should not be confused any longer. For if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. For I and my Father are one. It was important to the role of Christ for his disciples to understand who he was. For the revelation comes or the power of the revelation comes through the knowledge or the acknowledgement of the oneness, the oneness of that mighty God. 
Now, I could go and I could go old school and quote all of the verses that define us. But suffice it for time's sake to say that there is still power in the name of Jesus. We may not be seeing the miracles, signs, and wonders of yesterday, but that does not mean the name has lost its power. That does not mean the name is diminishing in its authority. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and he never changes. It never changes. The fullness of the Godhead never changes. The totality of Jesus never changes. Hallelujah. I'd rather be in an apostolic church than anywhere in the world when they know who Jesus is. For when apostolic people start running the aisles, there is a power that comes. There is an authority that starts working. There is a moving of the Holy Ghost that starts transpiring. There is nothing like the moving of the Holy Ghost when God's people start acknowledging it's all in Him. It's all in Hallelujah. Don't you let anybody lie to you or trick you. The thing that makes us distinctive and separate is not our dress code. It's not the fact that our women do or do not do what others do. It's not the fact that our men dress, walk, and talk a certain way. That has little or nothing to do with who we really are. The thing that defines an apostolic person or church is their revelation of the power of the oneness of God. Let's don't get caught up in the external only. Let's start celebrating how awesome, how glorious, how powerful the revelation of Jesus really is. If you need healing, there's healing in that name. If you need salvation, there's salvation in that name. If you need a blessing, there's a blessing in that name because there's power in the oneness of God. Clap your hands one more time and just give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why apostolic churches have to protect how we baptize. That's how come apostolic churches have to protect how we pray for the sick, how we proclaim the gospel. Let's don't make it all external things, but let's keep the power where the power comes from. And that is a people who have been brought out and brought up and headed into the fullness of the revelation of the mighty God. It is important for us to understand that the songs that define us, the songs that brought us here today, the preaching of yesterday was built upon the revelation of the oneness of God. For there is a power that is released 
when people come together and they think singularity or they move with a single motion or a single purpose, there is such an astounding amount of power that comes through the oneness of God or the oneness of thought or the oneness of action. That's why the enemy works overtime trying to bring confusion to a home and confusion to a church and brings division to a body because God cannot work where there is division. God will not work where there is not the spirit of unity. And until we go back to the full revelation of who we are and what we serve and where we're going. Hallelujah. I preach a lot about faith and I appreciate the fact that faith is in full operation in this church. I have watched God elevate people's faith. I watched Sunday as God elevated people's faith. Now, let me add one more brick to this wall of evangelism and revival. It's not enough to have faith if you've got 10 people of faith headed 10 different directions. It's not enough to have the movement of faith if you've got a hundred people moving in a hundred different directions, if there is one thing that attracts God, it is when the multiplicity of peoples, it's when more than one can come together and say, let's do the same thing at the same time. Is it possible to have the same language and not speak the same thing? I think so. In Genesis chapter 11, it says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Later, it brings out the difference that you can say or be able to speak the same language but yet not say the same thing. That's why he said it was of one earth and of one language and of one speech. And they turned one to another and said, let us go to now and let us make brick and stone. Watch what they did not say. They did not say, come help me. They did not say, I'm going to go make some brick and stone. But they said, our purpose has got to be thus, that we all buy into the same thing, that we all see the same thing, that we all want the same thing. I've come tonight to this pulpit on Tuesday evening and telling us that it is not enough for a few of this church to want to have the kind of revival that God has promised us. But the revival that God will give this church, the He looked at him and said, let us go to now. Let us make brick. Let us build a, a wall. Let us, let us, let us, let us. And they turned one to another, and whatever they said, they did. Have you ever, ever been to an apostolic circle where they all said the same thing and they all did the same thing? Even here tonight, you've got people that's not happy You've got people that don't agree. You've got people that don't like the forward motion. Uh, I found you a couple of Tuesday nights ago. Um, just so you know, I know you're here. <clears throat> you got people that don't like the fact that we're going to evangelize Monrovia, that we're not going to be content inside these four walls, that we're not going to use the same pattern that we've used for the last 50 years. 
You can get quiet. I know what I've come to do here tonight. We're not going to use the same pattern. So you've got four or five over here saying one thing. And you've got 10 or 12 over here saying something else. And when we come together, the purpose of God is preached. The plan of God is explained. And that feeling of faith moves into the congregation. And we start saying, we want to, we want to, we want to. Let me tell you when you will is when everybody understands there's only one purpose and there's only one plan and all of us has got to get on the same page. Dear God in heaven, too much division in the apostolic church. Too much division in local assemblies. Too much division in our home. And the devil and our enemy feeds off of it. And he thrives off of it. I'll tell you what the purpose of this church is. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't make it more complex than what Jesus said. Go and preach. Go and preach. Don't sit here and watch. Don't sit here and hang on. But go preach. Go preach. Go preach. Hallelujah. You may not want me to come back after tonight, but it's not enough to bring preachers in and stir the pot of faith. The church has the same language, but we're not all speaking the same thing. It's important for us to understand that the power comes through the moving into oneness, through oneness, of oneness. You cannot have the plurality of gods and or of purpose and or plans, but we have to fall in and under the one eternal God and the one church with the same purpose. Stay with me. And in, in Genesis 11, they looked at each other and said, we are of one language and we are of one speech. In other words, what he said, he said. How many speak Spanish here tonight? How many speaks English here tonight? How many speaks another language not English or Spanish here tonight? Give me, what, what do you speak, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Something we can understand. Is there somebody else that speaks a different language? What do you speak? Japanese. Stand up. Who else speaks something else? What do you speak, sis? Russia? Somebody stand and speak some Spanish. Um, thank you, sir. You'll do for the English. Anybody else speak a different language? Stand up. What do you speak? Mandarin. Now, here's what I want you to say. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You got that? Glory to God in the highest. How's that? Can you do that? Can you do that? Are you ready? Stand up. You're English. You speak the tongue that you're standing represented. Ready? One, two, three. Powerful. Powerful.
Speak it. Glory to God. What can you say? What's a common phrase? Speak something in the language. Just speak something. What? Say something. Say something. Say something. Sit down. Gloria a Dios. Morami Salamapo. It's Filipino. It's Tagala. See, uh, see, you beat me. Now, we all don't have the same language here. We don't all speak the same thing. But if I had everybody stand up and say, let's speak English, would you repeat after me? Glory to God. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. That's everybody of the same language. But it's not enough to have the same language. You have to have the same speech. You have to say the same thing. Not have the ability to say it, but you have to say it. We have too many folk in our churches that digress when it comes off of this into the pew. You get 10 or 15 saying one thing, 10 or 15 saying something else, and the rest of the church doesn't know what anybody else is saying. We all speak the same language, but we are not speaking or doing the same speech. Can you imagine what it would happen if all of this church, I know you've always got a straggler, but I'm talking about the church. Can you imagine what would take place if this church would move beyond the ability of language and go to the element of speech, not just have the ability to do it, but everybody get on the same page and everybody do the same thing? It's all right. You know why the day of Pentecost was so powerful? You know why the day of Pentecost took place? Because the 380 left the upper room. Those 380 didn't have the ability to speak the same thing. They had the same language, but they left because they could not agree on the speech. But when 120 said, we're going to say the same thing at the same time, at the same place, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, all in one place. Are you with me? When everybody does the same, I'm going to tell you, if everybody would clap their hands in one Pentecostal service, you'd be amazed at the principalities and the powers that would start shaking and backing up. If everybody would pray in one prayer meeting, you'd be surprised. I'm watching this congregation tonight and we can't even get everybody to clap their hands. I'm telling you, the enemy knows what he's doing. If he can bring just a little bit of division, it stops the continuity and the flow of the Holy Ghost. But not for long. We're going to come together. We're going to speak the same thing. We're going to think the same thing. Hallelujah. They looked and said, come up here. Seems like you helped me every Tuesday night. They did not say, hey, I'm going to go build some brick. What do you, you think? And had to talk him into doing it. But it was the us that leaps off the page of Scripture to me. They didn't have to talk each other into doing the act. Somehow, they both come to the understanding, we need brick. 
Dear God, help me tonight. We need stone. We need some cement. They didn't have to have a Starbucks meeting. They didn't have to have organization. They just come to the understanding that we need some brick and stone and they didn't have to talk each other into it. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost gets to moving in a church and when the people allow the Holy Ghost to move in a church, you don't have to have committee meetings. You don't have to talk God's people into doing God's will in prayer meetings, in song service, in the preaching of the word of God. Everybody starts understanding this is my church. This is my revival. This is my purpose. It's not his. It's not just his. But it's my dream. It's my vision. It's my purpose. You feel that? That's everybody looking around saying, wait a minute. I need to clap my hands. Wait a minute. I ought to be standing up. Wait a minute. I ought to be talking in tongues. And the church gets the same language. And the church starts saying the same thing. There's something that takes place that only can be orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. We get so geared and intoxicated, really, on certain dynamics of preaching that sometimes we forget that God wants to speak to the church. Let us make some brick. Let us get some slime and some mortar. Let us build a wall. Let us build a city. And when us got to work, when the Holy Ghost looked upon it, he did not see a plurality of us's. He seen a singular person. Can you imagine what would take place in any or all of our churches if we really bought into one moment? You know why Zeus' streak took place? Because they bought into the moment. Weren't there in competition. They were there to hear from God. No agendas. No hidden motive. No impure motive. Everybody needed God. I can't tell you the miracles that would take place here tonight if the few members of the church that's really here tonight would come together. I can't tell you how quick God would move on behalf of a church. Let me tell you what I've noticed. I've noticed that my enemy understands the power of oneness too. I, I understand that my arch enemy, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he gets the power of oneness. So he goes to work in homes between the husband and the wife and the parents and the children and the family and the church body trying to divide, trying to bring any or all division possible. If he can get the Sunday school teeth mad at, at the superintendent or the assistant in trouble with the laity or the pastor crossways with the board, anything and everything he can do to bring any amount of division at all, just enough to stop somebody from not speaking what they're hearing 
He doesn't need to slam a church with carnality. He doesn't need to take the church into the charismatic domains. He'll let us sit here. He'll let us hear good preaching. He'll let us have a season of good revival because he knows as long as Mary is mad at Ralph, the church isn't going to do anything. You don't have to like me after tonight, but you do need to hear me tonight. If he can get young people mad at young people, moms and dads mad at other moms and dads, if he can get families crossways with the pastor, he doesn't have to do anything else but sit here. He'll let you run the aisles. He'll let you jump for joy. He'll let you talk in tongues because he is terrified that if you ever start saying the same thing, if you ever do the same thing at the same time with the same kind of people, the day of Pentecost will happen again. God will respond so quick. That's why we've got to drive division out of our hearts, out of our minds, out of our marriages, out of our churches. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right here, right now in such a powerful way. Could this be the church? Could this be the seedbed? Could this be the people that reignites an Azusa Street revival? Why not? Why not? Why? That's the language. Now, can we all say the same thing? Pastor, if I get out of line, you just stop me. Pastor gets a vision, finds the purpose of God, gets excited about it, gets his ducks in a row, gets everything lined, presents it to the church, and there's some excitement. And then they launch. And then because somebody didn't get recognized, or they wasn't part of the infrastructure, or they weren't consulted, or they didn't get to contribute because they had something to contribute that nobody else did, they get mad. And when they get mad, they start talking. And everybody has the right to their own opinion, but you don't have the right to express it. And so you can get quiet. And so the problem becomes there's something coming from him that's going out there but there's not enough of those out there that's duplicating. Well, I just don't know why we had to spend all that money on that platform. Until I've been doing this a while. There's no discernment at work right now. It's just common sense. I don't know why we had to do all of that. I don't know why we had to spend that kind of money. I don't know how we had to take that kind of risk. Why couldn't we just be happy? Why couldn't we be content? I'll tell you what you better stop doing. You better stop expressing a different kind of speech. I'm trying to help you right now. You better back up and say, whoa, wait just a minute here. There is no I. There cannot be an I. It's got to be us. And if he is saying one thing and I am saying something else, there's no us. And if there's no us, I'm telling you, I'll tell you what's stopping the apostolic church. It's not carnality and worldliness. It's the fact that we have lost our ability to follow headship and just say, it's revival time. And the body says, it's revival time. It's evangelism time. And the body says, it's evangelism time. Come on, church. Don't dissect the purpose of God. Just start. 
sit there and watch it. That's okay. You're proving my point. And you will be very uncomfortable before we're through here tonight. Let me tell you how it works. Near God in heaven, I can't believe I'm going this distance. But I'll tell you how it works. God speaks and God makes manifest a plan. And you put the plan into action. And then you get three of your board members that think that you didn't coordinate with them or ask permission. And so those three board members start having meetings without you. And they turn into Starbucks revival meetings. I couldn't make this one up. And so those meetings start incorporating some key members of your church. And then before long, the key members of your church are making comments behind your back like, this building's too big for us. and We'll never be able to do what he says. And Why do we think that we can do this? I mean, why can't we just be happy in a little rented facility? I'm telling you, this is what we've gone through the last three years. And the problem is, when you get enough people saying the right thing, whatever they say is going to take place. That's why the apostle Paul wrote and said, be careful of those that sow discord. Something that is contrary to what ought to be said is discord. My God, have mercy. I didn't know I was going to get into this tonight. Something contrary is discord. I'm not, not so in discord. I just have my opinion. I ought to have the right to express my opinion. I'll tell you who you express your opinion to. Behind closed doors, in the secrecy of your closet of prayer, you can say anything you want to say, but you are never biblically allowed to talk to anybody in the body. That's okay. I'll clap myself. You see, we can waste all kinds of money having revival. We can waste all kinds of money with evangelists coming in. But until the church gets on the same page, God is attracted to a oneness people. I'll prove it to you. These people, according to Genesis 11 and the later chapters, prove that that is the birthing of a spirit that we still are in mortal combat against. Babel, Babylon, division, people that think Nimrod, that's where it all come from. People that think they know more than God or know better than God. And so the clashing of kingdoms, but watch the power of one. These people decide to do something against the will of God. These people decide to do something contrary to the will of God. But because they are one people, because they are doing the same thing, God says, hey, Michael, we've got a little issue going on down there. If I don't go down there and confound their language, if I don't stop their ability to say the same thing, they're going to do whatever they imagine in their minds to do. If that rule works contrary to the purpose of God, how much more sure will that rule work for the purpose? Come on, somebody. If God's will is to have a revival church in this city and a bunch of folk get together and start saying, we're going to have a revival church. We're going to be a revival church. If God shows up to a people that's against him, how much faster, how much more sure would God show up to a people that will facilitate his will? 
Do you really? Do you really think it's not God's will? Do you really think it's not God's will for there to be pods, for lack of a better term, of apostolic churches throughout L.A.? Are we the only folk that God intends on saving in the Pasadena, Monrovia area? What do you think God's plan is for this area? Now, did you hear that? He said big. You know what you have to start saying? It doesn't matter if you've never seen it on this wise. It doesn't matter if in the logistics of your thinking and your world, you can't compute it. You just got to start saying, it's big, it's big, it's big, it's big, it's I'll tell you, we got tonight, we got us all traditional spirit up against the wall. And we cannot afford to slack off. You cannot afford to let the pressure off. You've got to break the back of that attitude. If God says big, then bless your heart, honey. Everybody that calls this church home ought to be saying big, 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 more revival, evangelism, miracles, growth. We need some brick. Let us make brick. And the Lord said, angels, get my chariot ready. I've got to go down there. Watch, 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 watch. For the people is one. Not they are, not they have become, not us has become. He just simply looked and said, the people is one. Now, when he looked at them, he saw all kinds of people. He heard different tones of voices, but he only saw one people because they all said the same thing. And when God becomes attracted to a church is only when they say and do and speak the same thing. That's why when a church gets to move in the wrong direction and the whole body decides to go, God will move with swift judgment. God will move fast to remove his glory. He's attracted to it whether it's good or bad. Because when anybody gets together and starts being, some of you don't believe that, but that's still true. Because that's exactly what was going on. And he said, I've got to go down there and confound their language. Because if they keep talking to each other, get it? Not what they were doing was impressing God. What they were saying was impressing God. God could care less how much money you got saved or how far in the red you are. God could care less about what we view as insurmountable or impossible. All he's waiting on is for the body to say, let us go now 
and make some brick. He's not requiring you to figure out how. He just wants to know if you can believe enough to stand together to try. And he said, let's go confound their language. It's amazing to me that at this moment, the nations of the world were formed. All the multiplicity of languages come from that moment. Out of a moment of togetherness, God moves with division. For God used the tactic of his own enemy against him. He said, I'll use what you use to stop the church, to stop you. I'll divide the languages. And so the few that spoke and understood got together. And they said, let's go that way. And they said, well, let's go this way. It's amazing to me that on the day of Pentecost, all those languages come back together. Pretty good stuff, isn't it? And the very thing that God used to divide, he uses 17 different distinct nations represented there, all speaking their own language. And he said, watch this. I'm going to have all of those languages that I created in Genesis 11 come together, and I'm going to give them the ability to speak the same thing, but only when they talk in tongues. That's why I don't believe in multiplicity of churches where the black got to go down the road and the brown got to go down the road and the white got to go down the road and we become divided by race, creed, color, or language. Won't work. It's not apostolic. You may not understand my English native tongue. You may not understand the hillbilly slang I use. I may not understand your Spanish dialect. But when we stand together for the motto, I don't have to understand your language because we're going to say the same thing when the Holy Ghost hits us and we open up our mouth and we all start talking the same We don't have to understand each other in the natural. As long as in the Holy Ghost we come together and we say the mighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace is he, the everlasting Father, King eternally. Grab your Bible and a mic. Everybody say the power of one. I'm going to show you something, and I, I know this probably in the good evangelist message, but you know what? Like I told you last week, that just kind of sickens me. Go with me to Joshua chapter 7. I'm almost done. I say that to give you hope. It's not a reality. Read with me. Joshua chapter 7. You're going to need a mic, bro. I need you to help me preach. If you feel it, just take over. I'll sit down. Joshua 7, verse 1. Everybody say the power of one. Power now, there are one. some here tonight that I'm in conflict with, or the Holy Ghost is in conflict with, because you, you just don't believe, and I'm fixing to show you, one makes a difference. Because in all of our churches, we're always going to have those people that just say, I just don't feel apart. Or they make sure they're not apart. I can't tell you what would happen. I, 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 would be, I would be afraid at the move of the Holy Ghost if every church member would, would lay in store as God blessed and would return to the storehouse their tithe when they were supposed to. There would be no more need in the church. 
I'll prove it to you. Read verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. All right. All right. So who, who did it? The children of Israel. Everybody say the children of Israel. And would you agree with me the children of Israel more than one? Okay. So the children of Israel, more than one, committed a trespass. In the accursed thing. In the accursed thing. I like that. In the accursed thing. You know what the accursed thing is? I'm not here to preach on tithing, but I've got to say it. It's tithing. Don't get nervous. It's not my job. It's his job. But while I'm here, it's tithing. He said, the children of Israel. Now get this, bro. The children of Israel took the accursed thing. Is that what it says? Yes. Read on. That's what it says. For Achan, the whoa, son whoa, of Carmi. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said the children. I thought you said the whole nation did. Now you what now? Say it again. For Achan. For Achan. Hmm. The. The son of Carmi. Uh-huh. The son of Zabdi. Uh-huh. The son of Zerah. Uh-huh. The tribe of Judah. Uh-huh. Took the accursed thing. They took the tithe. And the anger of the Lord was kindled. And the anger of the Lord was what? Kindled. Kindled. Angry, mad, started, began. Headed your way. Read. Against the children of Israel. Was it mad? He's mad who? The children of Israel. Now hang on a minute. I thought you said Achan did it. The son of Carmi. Right. The son of Zabdi. Right. The son of Sarah. Of Judah. Of the tribe of Judah. Okay, but, 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 but I thought you said he did it. Why would God be mad at the whole people if the only one man did it? Because he's of the tribe of Judah. Oh, because he's one. Because one broke the flow. Now, I, I warned you. I tried to help you. I wanted you to shout with me when we were talking about the power of oneness, and you would not. And now, you're going to hate me. But here we go. One person has the ability to stop a church. Okay, here we go. Israel trespassed in the Achan, and he names four generations and the tribe. And he says, because he took of the accursed thing. Read on. And Here the anger go. of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. He's mad at the whole people. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Here we go. Now, Jericho was the first city, right? What is first? One true. Let me rephrase. What is considered the first part? Who said it? Tithe. Jericho was tithe. That's what he said when he said they get Jericho. He said, listen, you don't touch nothing in Jericho. Jericho belongs to me. He said, when you get there, you leave everything alone. It's mine. Everything after, say after. Everything after Jericho is yours. But Jericho belongs to the Lord. Watch, read. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, uh-huh. which is beside Beth Haven. Uh-huh. On the east side of Bethel. Okay. And spake unto them, saying, Go up. Go and up. View the country. Uh-huh. Go view it. Go look at it. And the men went up and viewed mm. Ai. Okay, read quick. And they returned to Joshua and, the, and said unto them, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither. Here's what they said. Here's what they said. They come out of a good revival service, and the man of God got up and told him how much revival was here and what good things were going to happen. And somebody dared to believe, somebody dared to invest, somebody poured out everything on the altar, and they walked out believing that everything was going to change. And by the time they got back to revival service on Tuesday night, their utilities were cut off. Yeah. 
And everything that pastor said was supposed to happen hasn't happened yet. And so now we start criticizing pastor and leadership in God when the truth of the matter is neither of those is the issue. The issue is you've got a brother or a sister who does not believe in the power of warning. Like I said, you may not want me back after tonight. Read on. And make not all the people labor thither, for they are but few. They said, look, we went down to AI. We looked at it. It's not a big city. It's rich, though. It's a wealthy city. So don't. It's been a long time coming. Let's just take a few thousand men or a hundred men. Let us go on down there. Let us, let's whip AI. Let's, let's get some money back in our coffers and let's feel good about ourselves. And so they grabbed a few hundred men. They went down there and AI put a whooping on them. And Joshua's men come running back. Stay with me. Joshua's men come running back saying, I thought you said God was with us. Don't make me preach at all. Just grab some of it. I thought you said God was with us. I thought you said it was happening. I thought you said it was going to be easy. I thought you said we had broken the back of it. Mm -hmm. And we start saying different things. things. Verse number 7, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, read. Wherefore hast thou all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the land and they, into the hand of the Amorites to destroy Joshua us? Joshua got discouraged. Joshua thought God had reneged on his promise. And Joshua said, look at what you've done to us. You promised us these things. You delivered us out of the hand of Egypt, out of the hand of the Canaanites. All of the inhabitants of the land shall hear this now. And they won't fear us. They won't be terrified of us. Look at what you've done to us. And verse 10, and the Lord said unto Joshua, get up and shut up. Read verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Quit having a pity party. Get up. Let's talk like a man. Read on. Here we go. You ready? Israel hath sinned. What did God say? Israel hath sinned. God said, Stand up, boy. I'm going to tell you what your problem is. Israel has sinned. Israel hath sinned. But God, how did, how did Israel sin? Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing. And they have stolen and disassembled also. And they have put it among their own stuff. Therefore, verse 12, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Therefore, the children of Israel cannot stand before their enemies, but they turn their backs on their enemies because they're cursed and they run like a bunch of chickens. Because you and I both know how many times we've sat at coffee tables or discussed the actions of church on the way home and voiced contrary opinions to what God said. And we have the audacity to ask why our enemy has power over us. 
You said you want a revival. I feel like there's a revival here. Your pastor knows there's a revival here. There are folk that have prayed for years about a revival for this church. But it cannot happen until the moment arises where the church says the same thing at the same time. God have mercy. And so he says, I'll tell you why you ran. Because you sinned. Get up, sanctify the people. Sanctify yourself. For tomorrow, there's an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Verse number 13, thou canst not stand before thine enemies. You know why the church has no power? Because we're not oneness enough. Until you take away the accursed thing from among you in the morning, therefore you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall be according to thee. Thereof and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by the households. And the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he. Watch, watch God. God showing Joshua yes. the power of togetherness. Yes. He said, I'm going to start at the oh. top of this thing. And I'm going to call everybody to accountability. I'm going to call everybody face to face. I'm going to start at the top and I'm going to go down to the tribes, down to the households, down to the family, to the very individual. And I'm going to point my finger in his face and say, you have cursed all of these. So we don't like this kind of preaching right here because it puts Christian duties and responsibilities and burdens on the shoulder of each of us. And when the offering plate passes, we no longer get to snarl our nose and say, I can't afford to pay my tithes. I got things more important. The next time that offering plate passes by, you're going to hear this old gruff preacher's voice saying, one person can, can curse the whole load. One person can curse the whole thing. One person can mess the whole thing up. And the next time you wear your tithe... And the next time you drive your offering. And the next time you sleep through your prayer. Oh, let's have revival. Come on, let's have revival. Let's all shout and talk in tongues. We have shouted and talked in tongues and nothing's happening. Except our enemies are making us run with fear. It's time for a apostolic people to turn around and look at their enemy in the face and say, we've come together and we have the same language and we have the same speech and we're going to do the will of God. You can't afford to let division into this church. You can't afford to let voices rise at this moment. Clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. God is doing something to this body tonight. And it shall be, 15, and it shall be that he that, that he is taken, that is taken with the accursed thing shall be a burnt with fire. Say with me, burning with fire. Burning with fire. Now I'm going to run to a close here. Israel stoned him. And the Bible says that the valley of Achor becomes a door of hope. 
And we never say that Achan was burned. We say he was stoned. Am I right? But the Holy Ghost said burn him. But the people said, we have wondered for so long. We have prayed and given so much. We have labored with so much effort to get this close, to get this close to fulfillment and let one carnal voice, let one carnal person get to talking behind closed doors and mess all this up for us. It ain't going to happen again. And the Bible will tell you there that they stoned him with stones after they burnt him with fire, that the people rose up in indignation and said, this just isn't God vindicating the church, but this is the people standing up side by side saying, let this be an example that we will be together from this day forward. We will not tolerate any one person working against the... You tell you why some of you are quiet right now? Because the devil's got your thinking. The devil's got your actions. The enemies make headway. He's got you pulling against what you ought to be working with. And you can't afford that. Dear God in heaven, you are on the base. You are on the banks. You're standing in front of it. You're right here. Don't let division. Start with 16. So Joshua so rose, Joshua up, early rose in the up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. Watch, in the morning he brings Israel, the totality of them all, he brings Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he takes Judah out of the tribes. And he brought the family of Judah. And he pulls a family out of Judah. And took the family of the Serhites. And he, took the, he takes the Zerhites out of the families. And he brought the family of the Zerhites man by man. And he took man out of the family of the Zerhites. And Zabdi was And taken. this is where Zabdi was taken. And he brings his household man by man. And Achan, the son of Karma, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zarah, the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, my son, I pray thee, give glory to God of Israel. Make confessions unto him and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and thus and thus have I done when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment 200 shekels of silver a wedge of gold 50 shekels of weight I coveted them I took them and behold I haven't even had a chance to wear them or spend it they're hidden beneath my tent Joshua sends messengers they run to the tent they get it they bring it back verse 24 and Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah the silver the garment and the wedge of gold and his son and his daughters and his oxen and his asses, his sheep, his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? I am honestly praying for the end time church of which I am part of for there to be a divine holy rebellion from among the people. I'm praying that God's people get sick and tired of watching others who call themselves God's people rob 
and steal. I'm not just talking about tithing offering. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about commitment. I'm talking about loving the church, loving the pastor, loving the things of God. I am so sick and tired. I am so sick and tired of promising God's people untold wealth and watching them live week by week. I got a kicker for you. Rev, in Malachi 3, it says... Return unto me the tithe and the offering. Is that not what it says? Malachi 3, 7, I believe. Because they'd stole from him. Am I right? And what does it say after they return the tithe and the offering? And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Watch, watch, watch. Give me what's mine. Give me what's mine. And I'll return to you. Read. But ye said, wherein shall we return? What, what, what are you talking about? What y'all done we act? What? 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 Oh, you mean what I'm wearing? Go ahead. Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet, he, yet ye have robbed me? Yeah, you, yeah, men can rob God. You robbed me. Read. But ye say, wherein have we Where robbed thee? Where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offering. In tithes and offerings. Read on. And ye are cursed with a curse. Wow, you're cursed with the same thing. For ye have robbed me. For you've robbed me. Even this whole nation. The whole. Whole nation. Now I'm just going to look at pastor because I feel safer with him. I'll look at everyone else. <laughs> hey, what, what you say? We just talk a little bit right here, Riff. <laughs> In my church, I would say 85% on any given weekend is faithful but I figured up this past week I got three families in my church two of them ain't never going to give but they're there at every dinner sucking down chicken and anytime I say I'm going to be in the office Thursday from 5 to 9 they're going to take three of those four hours oh I'm sorry I'm talking to you but they ain't going to give a lick in the church they ain't going to give. And so I've learned that those good people that I pastor that will let their utilities get turned off before they won't pay God tithe because they love the preached word of God and they believe when the preacher says, pay your tithes and God will take care of you. And brother, they're going to walk to the front and they're going to put their tithe and offerings down and they go back saying, God will make a way. God will make a way. God will make a way. Well, God doesn't always make a way. Why? You ever ask yourself? Let me give it to you the biblical way. He says, return unto me the tithe and the offering. Here's what I'll do for you. I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be. How many paid your tithes this last weekend? You, you're the first one up. Aren't you glad you paid your tithes? Boy, aren't you really glad you paid your tithes tonight? <laughs> now, since Sunday to Tuesday, those windows open for you? Do you, you have more than you can spend? No, 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 listen to me. Do you have more money than you can spend? That's not what I asked. It's okay to be honest. You don't, do you? Okay. Guess what? I paid my tithes too. I paid them. This past week and the week before and the week before and the week before and the week before and the week before. How long do you want me to do this? 
I, don't, I never don't pay my tithe. But I don't have, hun, more than I can spend. Matter of fact, I don't have what I need, much less more than enough. So now either God is a liar or there's somebody in my church. Wear it while you can. Drive it while you can. Go ahead. Live in it while it's yours. God rewards faithfulness. And the people are going to come together and they're going to squeeze you out and you won't even know it until the day of reckoning. And the Holy Ghost calls this church to accountability. And he will go to the top. And he will make his way down. And God will always reveal after, after, after. He will always reveal the one who would not do it. Malachi says, return to me and I will open windows of heaven and I will pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. I want to know what church has more money than they can spend. And if we don't have more than enough, why are we still paying our tithe? Because tithing is always right regardless. But could you imagine what would happen if everybody, I'll be nice, if everybody in my church on the first day of the week when they laid in store, if they would cut their tenth out and return it to the storehouse. Can you imagine how many raises in one week? Can you imagine how many, how many rows that God said, elevate that one, elevate that one, elevate that one, elevate that one. Create a job, create a place, create a... I'm telling the faithful ones, don't you stop. Don't you stop believing. Don't you stop fasting. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop giving. Don't you stop clapping your hands. Don't you stop supporting because it's here. It's coming. God's going to make his way. Come on. The power of one is going to take place. God is attracted to oneness. God is looking for a church that says, we're going to do it. We're going to believe. We're going to stand together. Stay standing. I'll give you some analogies and you test, you see if I'm right or wrong. Man, somebody blessed me with a $20 bill. Need to put 100 on that. When we call church prayer meeting, Pastor, I'm just going to be honest. How many times do we get 100% cooperation? Doesn't happen, does it? We call church outreach. How many times do we get 100% cooperation? We will always find a reason not to be. And until the apostolic, until this particular church can grasp the importance 
of pulling together, working together, standing together, praying together, bowing together, giving together, sacrificing together, loving together. Until we understand that when pastor gets up here and says Friday night, 7 o'clock, all church prayer. That means if you have to move things out of your life, that means all church prayer. Because when the whole church prays, principalities and powers are and will be. And I, I know the argument. The argument says you'll never get 100% cooperation. It'll never happen. You may be right. But I'm going to die trying. And everywhere God gives me a place to preach, I'm going to tell them what I told you tonight. Because only when we have another Pentecost will the world recognize God is still on the throne. And we can't have a Pentecost until we're all in one mind, in one accord, and in one place. You cannot afford to distinguish yourself from this local assembly. When they have a fundraiser, you ought to be the first one in the parking lot. When he calls prayer meeting, you ought to be the first man or first woman through the church doors and the last one to leave. You ought not hunt for excuses on why you can't. You ought not look for reasons why you're too busy. You need to eliminate things. Listen to me. Eliminate things out of your life to make yourself available for the body to become one. I'm not talking to visitors. We're so glad you're here. New converts, we're so glad you're here. But there's a church within a church. I'm talking to the church tonight. I'm preaching to you. There's too many of us that look for reasons not to participate. And you don't realize how powerful you are. You don't get it. I, I'm out of time. I, I'm sorry I preached so long. But if we had time, we would have run to Paul and the epistles and talked about the power of the body and how each joint supplied to the body. Each joint got a revelation of the day. It says the right hand can't say to the left, we have no need of thee. You know what that means? That means the right hand can't say that. Powerful, wasn't it? Deep. I went to school for that. I'm almost done. I'm brilliant, man. You know why the right hand can't say to the left hand, he hath no need of him? Because he has no ability to. And anybody that's trying to tell the left hand we have no need of you is not the right hand. It's not even attached to the body. Because only the head has the mouth. And so any part of the body does not have the ability to look at any other part of the body and say you're unimportant and unneeded and unnecessary. <laughs> only the head has Dear God in heaven. Quit looking around saying we don't need those kind. We don't have to have that kind. We you don't have the ability to do that. And if you're talking like that, you are not of the body, dear God in heaven. Just let me get my place. When you call prayer meeting, pastor, I promise you come hell or high water, I'll be right there in that prayer room. I'll be right there on that pew. I'll pray as long as you want to pray. Because if you say it, I'm going to say it.
We had a need. I, I, I went out and got some stupid fundraiser and invested money I didn't <laughs> invested money I didn't have. I need your help. Invested money I didn't have. Bought a bunch of junk because the people are going to help me, you know, sell it, make money to pay this bill. I'm still eating candy bars. I'm sick of candy. Y'all want to buy a candy bar? Because I went to the body and I said, if each member would take a box. And I did my math. I went, I was organized. I went to the church and I said, if, if, if that family just sells two and that family just sells one, we'll, man, oh, some miracles going to happen. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way. So we passed out candy bars. They forgot them. They ate them. They gave them. Well, I don't know what they did with them, but. Every time I get to the pulpit, I'm like, anybody having candy bar money? Because God knows they're moldy by now. It's been so long. But I bought them. Listen to me. Moments like that, you're going to have 10 or 15 people jump and rise to the occasion. And you're going to have 75 say, I'm just. Remind myself of my brother when I talk and do things like that. Too busy beneath me not what I do bigger talents time better spent elsewhere you missed it you missed it it's not an I it's an us ladies prayer meeting ladies we're going to pray at 7.30 Monday night you have five show up you got 50 in your church something's missing Now, here's the truth of the matter. If that little mama's got three kids and one of them's got a baby, 102 fever, sick and can't get out, you don't think God in his infinite wisdom knows that? And you don't think that little mother who wants to be there is not counted present? You're out of your mind if you don't believe that. But the ones that's not counted present is the ones that's hanging out at the mall and refute. Look for reasons not to show up. Look for reasons not to participate. On purpose not show up and you're missing. You're missing it. We ought to be a people that have more than we can spend. Live in what we cannot walk through in a day. Drive the biggest, the best. Let's, be, let's just be real. We ought to be the head, not the tail. We ought to be the lender, not the borrower. We ought to be the blessed. We ought to be the blessors. Are you listening to me? Why do we live in a poverty world? Why is the church? I'll tell you why. Because we're not one yet. We're not one. If you have a revival, Pastor, you better not call two consecutive nights because you'll have two different crowds. And I have bought but killer, I bought into the deal where you're in L.A. and you can't expect people to get off work. But let me tell you what. Let, let, let the Lakers get into a playoff game and see how many of my folk can make that downtown area. I'm sure y'all don't believe in it here, but there's a few in my church that do. Lord, forgive me because I do too. And I'm a little angry that they got busted. I'm just mad. Yeah, well, that's why I left your side of the church. There's division here tonight. <laughs> Time's up. 
He's pulling my coattail over here. Why can't we come together? We're, we, we sing songs, and I'm done. I, I, I know I'm, we sing songs about going to the same heaven. We, we talk about serving the same God. We're baptizing the same spirit, the same body, the oneness, the oneness, the oneness is all through the epistles, all through it. But we, we can't even come together and have a fundraiser. We can't even come together and have a church prayer meeting. Why are we looking for reasons to disengage from what we're supposed to be of? Why is she saying something that she's not saying? Is she saying something that he's not saying? And you've got 59 different dialects in one service. One language, one speech. And the reason why it's important is because one individual has the power to curse it all. 